goodness gracious alive. Where else would you rather be than in Mequod, Wisconsin tonight? Wow. Where else would you rather be than at Winterfield tonight? No, no, playoffs. Where else would you rather be, Mr. Simo? Come on, young man. Milk Jug Magic. That's it. Where else would you rather be? Wow. Wow. Mother the 10th inning. Where else would you rather be? Goodness gracious alive. Welcome to the Where Else Would You Rather Be podcast. Hosted by Connor Jelly and Brett Loftus. Welcome back to the Where Else Would You Rather Be podcast episode. I want to say 17, but we're going to double check that right quick. It is episode number 17, the first time that we have recorded since we recorded with our good friend Caden Favors. Um, Caden, he was a blast to have on. Going to have a lot of more guests on, but we have our usual Tuesday guest on with us here uh, as we record this on the evening of October the 17th, Mr. Andy Klein, Jailman. Andy, great weekend for the both of you. Um, and so happy we can be here on uh, this beautiful Monday evening. I'm looking forward to it. I'm always looking forward to having a nice little blasting conversation with Andy Klein. Yeah, Andy's. I yeah, know- thanks for having me, guys. It's always exciting. Andy sounded very sarcastic when he said that. But anyway, honestly, um, yeah, that was forced out. That was forced out. But yeah, Andy's. Um, Andy's. Andy's very happy as always. Andy made the the rundown for us and i think i'm gonna have to start compensating because i got a new job uh that's gonna be our goodness gracious alive story of the show so for those who do not know i am moving to bismarck north dakota to work for the bex sports network i'll be doing strictly play-by-play and that's all i'll be doing um a great financial opportunity and a great opportunity for me and my career um especially to be doing play-by-play and that's all Everybody knows that that's my passion, along with, you know, sports talk, stuff like we do on a podcast. But play-by-play at the end of the day is my passion, and that's where I'm the happiest in life. And my and my joy really shines through there. So it could not be a better opportunity for me. Um, and please, you know, we're going to post this video, you're, and you're probably watching it right now on Instagram. I just would like to share with you that please don't comment down below, Brett, pack a jacket, or Brett, it's cold out there. The amount of people who told me it's cold in Bismarck, North Dakota, I, I know. Thank you. Thank you for telling me. And I really do appreciate it. Um, but I, I know I recognize I recognize it is brutally cold out there. All jokes aside, though, really. And I truly do mean this uh, from the bottom of my heart. Everybody that's reached out via text, social media, um, email, even uh, phone calls that I've received. Everybody and anybody. Um, I just thank you all so much for the support and knowing that, you know, whether it's people from Clinton, South Carolina, whether it's people from Demers, Georgia, whether it's people from Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, whether it's people from California that I've met sometime in my life or Texas or Iowa or wherever we've crossed paths at and wherever you're from now, whether you live at now, um, just to know that you're in my corner, no matter where you are in this world, it truly does mean a lot to me. And especially these two gentlemen here, they've been very gracious to me and, and I'm very thankful to embark on this new journey. And so what does that mean for the podcast? Well, we're probably not going to be a daily podcast, but Jell and I did renew our Zoom Pro subscription until the yeah. end of April. So if that yeah. tells you anything, this podcast is not going to die. It, it, it is not going to be recorded as often as we re- have been recording it, but it is not going to die. And our plan right now, Jell and I talked the other day about it. We're going to try to at least do one to two times a week. So that that is what we're doing as well. Also, if you're watching this on Instagram before before you end this video, you probably got about another 30 seconds left. Yes, I do have a Atlanta Falcons hat on. Yes, 
if you didn't see my Snapchat story, yes, I am now pulling for the Falcons. Great win in the throwback uniforms yesterday, by the way. And until David Tepper sells the Panthers, then I, I'm not, I'm, I can't pull for him. So I'll pull for everything else in Atlanta. I might as well pull for the Falcons. All right. That's true. All right. That, that's very true. But you know who else I pull for in AFC? My beloved Matt Ryan and, and my Colts. We're going to get to all that and more as, as we're going to talk about our topics of the day. Jail was at the game, the Colts game yesterday. So you guys are going to not want to miss um, when we get to talking about that Colts game and, and Matt Ryan's performance. So Andy has hit us with some bomb.com topics. And always, that was an analogy from the early 2000s. How about that? Who has the higher season, the Giants or the Jets? I added this one in there since I am now a newfound Falcons fan. <laughs> right now are the falcons for real no um, why shut up why are the bills <laughs> and the chiefs or why were they not the primetime sunday night football game this week andy great question did nfl schedule these thursday night football games on purpose and maddie ice and the colts they had a terrible thursday night football performance not this past thursday but a week ago or almost two weeks ago now but they bounced back in a big way we'll talk about them where and who has the best shot to land at Christian McCaffrey and kind of what should be the payment out for him. And as always, when Mr. Andy Klein comes on, we're going to do our college football pick em for week eight. I'd love to share before we get down there, go ahead and get the bad news out of the way, and we'll share a little bit of good news if you're a counter jelly fan. I went 0 for 4 and pick em last week. Andy went 1 and 3, and jelly went a perfect 4 and 0. Oh. However, I don't even know how. But... We were looking at the NFL pick em. And no matter what happens in tonight's Monday night game, Jill's going to have a game up on me in that. So I'm slowly closing the gap on the NFL side of things. It went from no, very well. Nope, nope, nope. It's, it's been a trend. It's been a trend, Jill. It's been a trend. So, so we're, <laughs> we're, we're on the come up in the NFL side of things. Um, college football, I went from 3-1 and one to 0-4 in the span of the week. So that's how that goes. All right, you know, that's a good question. We're going to start out with Andy because he posed the question. Jill's a big New York Giants and Jets fan this year. Um, obviously, the Giants defeated Lamar Jackson yesterday in come from behind fashion. And then the Jets yesterday went in a Lambeau field and demolished the Packers. So, Andy, I'll pose your own question that you posed to us. Who got the bigger ceiling? Which team in East Rutherford, the Giants or the Jets? I believe, just straight out answer, I think the Jets have the higher ceiling, in my opinion, just because of the quarterback. Even though Zach Wilson's not proven at all, I think he's just that much better as an NFL quarterback than Daniel Jones will ever be. And I just think Daniel Jones is basically playing, you know, like Madden rookie mode, just running around scrambling for 100 yards a game. And he's the games he's had, yeah, when he doesn't turn the ball over, he's great game manager. He does the things that when they have the ball and he doesn't turn it over, then it's give the ball to Saquon, intermediate, short passes, let the defensive line and let the offensive line really control the line of scrimmage and do those things. But I just don't see in a playoff caliber game, either team honestly winning. So that's why I don't think any of the teams are either legit. But I just think that same thing with the Eagles being in the Giants division, it's just a harder route for them to get past than the Jets, you know. And Saquad yeah. has been having an extremely good year, Jill. On the, on the opposite yeah. side of that, uh, I'll pose this question to you because I know we've talked about the Jets enough. I know which way you're going here. But I do want to pose this question to you. When you look at the Giants, do you think Saquon can carry them further or do you think Zach Wilson spearheading that offense could carry the Jets' offense further? Speaking strictly offenses, because I know you're right. a big fan of that Jets' defense, but speaking strictly offenses here, kind of looking at it from that perspective. Uh, I, th I think in that instance, uh, Saquon's got a better opportunity to lead the Giants further than what Zach Wilson can. Now, on the flip side of that, 
you know, when it comes to more overall perspective of the offense, I don't even think for the Jets, Zach Wilson is the guy you got to look for to carry the offense. I think you got to look towards rookie out of uh, Iowa State, Brees Hall. I mean, that kid has come into his own and has really shown why he was drafted as high as he was. Well, you look um, at what he did as a Cyclone last year at Iowa State. People overlooked him a lot. He was yeah. probably one of the better backs, if not the best back in college football last year. People really overlooked him, Jill, and he's making a big statement with the Jets. He, he truly is. And, you know, I, want, I wanted the Colts to draft him so bad. I really did. But I, I, I didn't think uh, we'd be smart enough to draft him. I and mean, we had Jonathan Taylor, best back in the league. But, you know, who doesn't like a good one-two punch? You know, who doesn't like that? Um, I think you make a great no, point th- there with the with the Jets. I, I think that they, they have a great defense. I know your Sauce Gardner is probably one of your favorite players in the league right now. And, yeah. and they've been they've been playing lights out on, on both sides of the ball. I will say this for the Giants and, and Coach Justin Scaley. I know Coach Scaley is a, is a guest and a friend of the podcast, and he'll be listening to us. I'll say this for the Giants. I think Saquon is the best running back in the NFL this year. I think that is unequivocally, undoubtedly the case. He's the number one back in the league. Uh, but I don't think that he can carry that offense on his back because, like Andy said, Daniel Jones is running around like a chicken with his head cut off, and I think that can only last so long. So we move on to another team that's near and dear to our hearts, the Atlanta Falcons. Are the Falcons for real? I am sorry, Miss Jackson. I think they are 28-14. to 14 And they are not. <laughs> over the San Francisco 49ers. Marcus Mariota had a game of a lifetime, 13 of 14, 129 yards and two touchdowns. And you say Brett Howes had the game of a lifetime. One incompletion. I don't care if he went one for two. It's a great game. But really, that defense of the Falcons is an entirely different animal this year. They have been playing incredible football as two recovered fumbles. Also got two interceptions, Isaiah Oliver and Jalen Hawkins. Jalen Hawkins really been stepping up big in that secondary. And the leading tackler making his first career start, Troy Anderson out of Montana State. I mean, this defense is coming alive. And, Connor, you disagree with Andy and both of us. I want to come to you first. Why are the Falcons not for real? Yes. Well, like you said, Marcus Mariota had a career game. He's not going to have a career game every every freaking game. All right? I mean, I love Marcus. I think he's a great player. But I do not think the Falcons have the firepower to stay in this type of offense. And let's – you could possibly have. I mean, it was a fumble on the 15. Just pick it up, run it in. You know, it. it yeah, you know, I, th- I think they got lucky. I think they defense couldn't believe their defense gave up that many points. So, you know, I think it's just a combination of the Falcons played well, and the Niners did not play well, and you know that happens. You know, but 95 percent of the time in football, the better team shall win. All right, Andy. So Connor's coming at us with the firepower that the better team did not win Sunday. I would like to point out both teams are three and three. You can make an argument the Falcons should really be five and one after they blew that lead week one and then able to come back on the Rams in week two, but ended up falling up just short. So we're talking about a team right now that is a 500 football team, but could be a lot better than that. Andy, are the Falcons for real? Yeah, just like you bring up Brett. And then you go back and look at the Tampa Bay game. They're a sack away. They're, a, you know, roughing a passer call away from getting the ball back after scoring. So I think it was 17 straight points. And then coming back, only being down one score possession, coming back on the division leaders, obviously, and Tom Brady. Obviously, they took the loss to the Steelers and didn't look great this week. But it goes back to saying they would have been the number one team in the division, especially after this win as well. 
I just think the Falcons are this, almost in the same boat as the Giants, that they're doing things with a roster that people didn't expect, and they're having the guys like Mariota. They're giving the guys the handoffs, you know, not big-name guys like Saquon Barkley, but you're giving your young guys a chance to step up, letting the line, defensive line and offensive line, control the games where you play the possession game and really not making any mistakes in the games that Mariota hasn't haven't had a turnover or haven't had multiple fumbles. The Falcons have been in every single game, and I'd like to point out they're obviously America's team being the only NFL team 6-0 and against the spread. So yes, that's, that's indeed. Just, there you are for you. So I think they are real, Jill. <laughs> I think they are real too, Jill. I mean, they're America's three, team. They're a three and three team that really, in all, well, all, all I, reality, I just want to point out this fact real quick. Brett wants to say the Falcons are real, but refuses to agree that the Philadelphia Eagles are for real right now. Don't worry, don't worry. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Okay. The Eagles play in the NFC East. That is a totally different animal than the NFC South. I don't care as bad as the Panthers suck this year. You still got to play the Saints, and you still got to play Tom Brady. Okay, Cooper Rush, who is having a magical year thus far, playing with the Cowboys. And, I mean, the Cowboys, they've had a magical run. Okay, we believe in them, whatever. The Commanders, you all know what we think about Carson Wentz. And then you look at the other team in the division with the Giants. Okay, the Giants are a good football team. But even you, Jill, you've said that the Giants do not have that bright and have that high of a ceiling. So you're looking at a team in the Eagles that play in a bad division. You're looking at a team in the Eagles, they've had a lot of lucky wins. Just on the opposite side of that with the Falcons, you could make an argument that the Falcons should be 6-0. and And I know what people think, oh, oh, I can't believe you just said that. Every Falcons loss was within seven points. They, and if you don't, like like Andy said, you don't get the rough in the passer penalty in in Tampa Bay against the Bucks, then you know that that offense is high, just going to drive down the field, more than likely win the football game. You look at the Saints game, the defense faltered in that game and allowed them to come back 16 points down in the fourth quarter. Check mark that off the book. And then you look at the L.A. game, the Falcons had come back down by 25 points. They'd made it a five-point football game. They were down 28-3 to in their own right, and then they came back and had made it a 31-20 to six game with a minute and a half remaining and then Marcus throws a pick to Jalen Ramsey on the LA five yard line they were driving down the field you can make an argument the Falcons should be six and oh that's all I'm saying um you can also make the argument that the Eagles could be a three and three team that's just how much parity we've seen in NFL this year so we're gonna get to the Eagles don't worry we're gonna get there because you got a hot take and we're gonna get to that in the show but don't let this discourage you, and don't let don't let Connor Jelly hit you with his propaganda to say that the Falcons are not for real. That's all I wanted to go with there. All right, next game we're going to talk about. We're going to switch over NFC to AFC gears. Andy poses a great question yet again. Bills, Chiefs, they played a great game. It was the AFC divisional matchup, rematch, I should say, from last year. We all remember that game. The last 90 seconds of regulation was one of the craziest football games. I think we could all agree probably the craziest playoff game any of us have ever watched going back and forth between Josh and and Patrick, obviously. And and you can make an argument with those two gentlemen playing in that game, Josh Allen as well as Patrick Mahomes. You could put Lamar Jackson in that category. I think now, you know, really your elite quarterbacks in the NFL and getting to see those two guys face off against each other. You know your class at AFC's the Bills and the Chiefs just about every year now as long as those two guys are playing quarterback. So why? Why, Andy Klein asked, were these two teams not the primetime game on Sunday Night Football? I'll spearhead this one first. I think it's very simple. They're two of the better teams in the NFL, so naturally they have all these other primetime games. 
And the NFL rule is is that every team has to have at least one primetime game now. They used to not be a rule, but under the new collective bargaining agreement, every team, regardless if they go 0-17 or 17-0, they have to have at least one primetime game. And I think they've been given a lot, and I guess they probably got to the schedule making and went, oh, we can't put this game as primetime. Even though you really should just take away a primetime game of one or the other two and made this one a primetime game. And and it really was a good game. Josh Allen to Josh Allen things. Bills won 24 to 20. Bills are now 5 and 1. Chiefs are 4 and 2. Josh 27 of 40, 329 yards and three touchdowns. No interceptions most importantly. Patrick still had a good game, just could not limit the turnovers and that really was the difference. 25 of 40, 338 yards, two touchdowns in the air and two interceptions. Also Josh 12 rushing attempts and 32 yards on the ground. Stefan Diggs continues to make a big push for Offensive Player of the Year, 10 receptions, 148 yards, and a touchdown. So I'll pose a question to you guys, Jill. Why did, I guess it would really be – I guess we kind of know the reason it wasn't a primetime game, but still, I guess we'll pose the question to you. I mean, I, I don't understand how it, it, you can look at a schedule like this and not put these two teams knowing going into the season that you're getting – two of the most elite quarterbacks in the NFL in both of them in their primes. We can all agree that they're most likely in their they're prime really right entering, now. They're really entering, entering in. I mean, they're yes. very early on. I don't even think they've hit their ceiling yet, either one of them. And, I mean, you, you go back to that playoff game last year, you know, final two minutes, it was – you saw, what, what was it, five lead changes in the final two minutes on just absolutely insane plays uh, from both QBs. I mean, just look, going back to that game, you should – always be circling that matchup for the rest of these guys' careers because this is probably going to end up being like a, a Peyton and a Tom Brady type matchup, but with a new era of QB that can run, that can throw, and that can lead any team to victory. So, I yeah, mean, I, think it's I don't crazy. know how it's not. I think it's crazy how agile that Josh Allen is a six foot five, two 250 pounds. But also, it's a linebacker. Yeah, but also that he's – one of your best passing quarterbacks, one of your more generational passing quarterbacks we've seen in quite a while. And really, he took raw ability that he was at Wyoming, and he's made that in to, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. Andy, kind of on the opposite side of that, we know that it should have been a primetime game, but scheduling conflicts kind of made it the otherwise. I'll ask you the question of, do you think we have a rematch and a part two in the playoffs? Yeah, I guess it just depends based on the division. Everyone thought the Chiefs division was going to be a little stronger with the Chargers and Broncos. I didn't even know that rule that every team had to have a primetime game, so that's my fault. You learn something new every day, but I do have – No, it's still know, a good some, question. Still a good question. And I, But I have – I have a, this is, from that game, I heard something crazy. I think in 20 games with Mahomes being the underdog and the Chiefs were the underdogs, I think by like two and a half, three and a half points, whatever it was, the Bills were favored, and – in those games, Patrick Mahomes has been 20-0 and 0 outright in those games. So that's the first one in his career that he has lost, being an underdog. And I thought that was a crazy step. So throw that one out there. But obviously didn't know that about the scheduling. But I think there's no question that the Chargers and Broncos, which is looking to match up, it's 10-7 now, looking to be a little bit closer of a game that everybody thought. And those are division rivals, so it obviously makes sense that they had that game on Monday as well. Yeah, when you got divisional games, you never know how they might play out. And I think last night when you saw the Eagles in the, the Sunday night game this week, when you saw the Eagles and the Cowboys, I mean, I picked the Cowboys to win that game. And 
you know, it wasn't a dig at the Eagles as counter jelly makes it out to be. Okay. Um, It was really, it was really that these divisional games are the games that sneak up on you. I mean, you could continue to go on this year and you could see the Eagles get as many as 14 and 14 and 0, but they could go and play the commanders and the commanders could beat them because that's just how these divisional games are in NFL. You can throw records out of the window. And Andy, you make a great point there talking about the Monday night game with the chargers and, and the Broncos. Again, I know that might not be two sexy teams, quote unquote, that, that people out might be looking at in the country, but it's a good divisional game and it's a divisional rivalry. I don't have a problem well, with it being on. Well, Monday. I will say it is a good divisional game, but I think people are just annoyed that the Broncos have already had four primetime games in this season. Broncos country. Let's ride. Okay. Man. That's what they wanted. They want to push Russell Wilson. That's what you want, man. They well, got they the new guy they, in orange. They ain't riding in the spotlight. No, that's for sure. Absolutely <laughs> not. And you bring up a good point, a good transition. Obviously the Broncos have played on Thursday night football and the Colts, that that game was abysmal. That was an awful game. We had another awful game on Thursday night this past week. Yep. Did the NFL schedule these awful Thursday night football games on purpose? It about seems like it. Twelve it to really seven does. was this past Thursday. The Commanders defeated the Bears. Um, it came out. I think it was actually earlier today, early on Monday. Carson Wentz is going to be out for four to six weeks now. Uh, I, we wish him the best in recovery, but that's probably the best thing to happen to the Commanders football team since the name change. And when you look at it on the other side, Justin Fields, no offense to him, he played terrible. Um, you look mm-hmm. at the stats, 14 of 27, 190 yards, and a touchdown doesn't seem that bad. Did throw an interception. He also had 12 carries for 88 yards. And, I mean, it seems like he didn't play that bad, but. And I know he had some receivers make some drops, and it really was an all-around bad game for the Bears' offense. But Justin had some plays, man. He really could hit guys wide open in the end zone, and and it couldn't even really been a football game. So I think on both ends of that, the receiving core for the Bears and Justin Fields, they have to get on the same page. That team has so much talent offensively and just fumbling it right now. Andy, I'll let you answer your question about are they scheduling them on purpose? Yeah, obviously, again, I don't think they're scheduling them on purpose. It's just a bigger thing of that. So many names on their roster. Matty Ice was going to be the chosen one. It was, you know, all the Falcons O-line fault. The Colts have a great O-line. He's a great quarterback. He's going to come in there and do a lot of great things. This team was going to go way better than what they started with. Jonathan Taylor obviously being out the last two weeks. Killing my fantasy football team, <laughs> killing the Colts in real life. It's just not as good. The Colts hey, aren't hey, as good as we thought. Hey, but hold your horses down. there. Hold your horses there, Andy. We're going to get to the Colts momentarily, okay? Let's go ahead and transition over to them since you're breaking them up. Let's I'm go ahead. sorry. I, I saw the rundown. I had to bring them up. I just – he's killing my team. So, that's a great point. No, no, Joe. Don't worry. We're going to – I'm about to throw you the alley-oop of a lifetime. So, we're talking about Colts. We're talking about teams that bounce back from Thursday night football performances. Broncos trying to do that also tonight. Well – Matty Ice and the Colts at Lucas Oil beat the Jaguars 34-27. And you want to talk a bad about Matty Ice, huh? You want to talk about <laughs> you want to talk about Matty Ice, Andy? 42 of 58, 389 passing yards, three touchdowns, most importantly, zero interceptions. I also would like to point out that this was the first time in NFL history an opposing quarterback had thrown for 90 plus completion percentage. Excuse me. Had a total of three-plus touchdowns. 
and also had over 150 passing yards and lost, that being Trevor Lawrence. This has never happened in 103-year history of the NFL. And Matty Ice is currently second in the NFL in passing yardage, just behind Patrick, or excuse me, behind Josh Allen. Actually had Patrick Mahomes through this week. Jill, you were at the game. How about it? Talk to us. Yeah, hey. Hey, listen, right, riding high off this win, riding high off this win. Obviously, hey, the beginning of the game, I thought we were in for an absolute long afternoon. I mean, second play from scrimmage, Travis Etienne takes it about 40 yards right up our gut. I mean, you should have seen some of the holes that this offensive line was clearing through our defensive line. You could fit about six different people, four different semis through them. It was unreal. It was unreal. But then we recollect ourselves, get into the second half, okay, Matty Ice starts to turn it up. We start using Michael Pittman as basically our uh, Cooper Cup, running him on little crossing routes right up the middle. Let him do his thing, right? We set up Alec Pierce beautifully on the outside at the very end of the game. Uh, we lined up looking right behind our offensive line. I see Alec Pierce went out wide. They had single man uh, with a single high safety. I turned to Duke. I was like, dude, they got Alec Pierce man to man on the outside. We might see a tutty here. What do you know? Matt Ryan drops back, throws it deep. Alec Pierce does a great job getting separation. He waltzes in for a game-winning tutty. And uh, I'm just going to say it now, though. Um, Matt Pryor needs to go because a tick's uh, literally a half second later, and Matt Ryan's getting freaking – Carson's in here. He's messing with me, my roommate. But uh, I'm glad we're not uh, recording this live, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We're going to keep this in here. You guys seem to like bloopers. So, anyway, Jail went down a long rabbit hole just to tell you how good the Colts played. Also would like to point out, if the Colts would have not lost on that field goal week one, the Colts will be the second seed in the AFC right now. So, people will love to talk about how bad the Colts are playing. They're now 3-2-1. and one. Andy? So, yes. Um, well, let's also put this out for as well as oh we've boy. been playing. He's keeping we- on. Well, hang on. Well, as long as he's in your face, Andy, we've been playing decently, terribly, but we have been without our. Excuse me, excuse me, Joe, Joe, Joe. Can we rewind that? Can you? What did you just say? Decently, terribly. Yes, we're finding ways to win while playing terrible, but then also playing decent in the second half. Okay, oxymorons. That's what we're doing on episode seventeen. But you know what? You know what? I'm going to shut you down there. I'm going to shut you down there. We're without our captain on defense and our and the best back in the league, and we're still finding ways to win. I'm going to shut you down there. Um, decently terrible. I think that's, we're, that's what we're going to call this episode, guys. So if you clicked on it and you made it this far and you're wondering why decently terrible was in the title, that's why. That's why. So so we're going we're gonna to call this episode 17 decently terrible. I, I, I love it. <laughs> Counter Jelly, nice. you, you, make, you make a way to spice up everything. And we're going to continue to spice it up. We're going to continue to talk about NFL football and my former team, the Carolina Panthers. Um, they are looking to move Christian McCaffrey. They moved Robbie Anderson today, traded him for undisclosed trade package to the Cardinals. Um, and now they're looking to trade Christian McCaffrey. You know what? We'll keep this short and sweet because I don't think too many people care about the Panthers because quite frankly, they're irrelevant. So, I'll put it. I'll put it simply to you guys, and we'll all give a sentence here. They're going to trade him to the Bills. 
They're going to trade him before the deadline, and the Panthers are going to Panther, and they're going to trade him for a fifth-round draft pick and a compensation pick in the sixth or the seventh round, and they're going to dump him off, and they're going to trade Brian Burns to the Eagles for a fourth-round pick, and then they'll probably trade DJ Moore to the Ravens, and they'll get a third-round pick for DJ, and then they're going to trade uh, guys that are top 10 in their position group, all three of those guys, top the 10, 15 guys in their position group across the league, and they're going to dump them off on playoff teams, and they're not going to have any draft capital capital to show for it. All they're going to have is Baker Mayfield with his thumb up as you know what. And um, yeah, that, that's what they're going to have. So the Panthers are going to Panther and they're not going to be anything until David Tepper sells the team. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. So, you um, know, I think you hit the head, the head on the nail there. I, I'm not even going to speak. That was all you. That was beautifully said. All I can say is if they don't get at least a first round pick or a second round pick or both, and two positions that they really need, not two superstars, not two starters, blah, 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 just two players that are just better than two guys on the roster now and two high draft picks, I would be fine with it. And no bad will toward any player, but you have to you have to get that just in case he injures himself, obviously. That's the only thing I think, the only way they don't get a lot of stuff, a lot of return for McCaffrey is if a team's just, hey, he's all right, you keep him. He's Nobody's going to take him for that with how injury prone he is. So I think they at least have to get that. Yeah, uh, dude, hey, I've Jill, heard some people. you know that segment that we have. Um, Andy, Andy thinks that the Panthers are going to get a first round pick and get get guys. You know what Andy is right now? You want to say it with me? You must be outside, outside your, your mind. mind. That's dude. what you are, Andy. If you think I was literally Panthers, about to say that, if they're smart enough that they're going to get first round picks and they're going to get guys in return for Chris McCaffrey, it sounds great in theory, Andy. It sounds sounds beautiful. Dude, I've heard some guys even say that. They wouldn't even give a first-round pick for McCaffrey right now. I mean, would you? No, I, I mean, wouldn't. He's been banged up for the past three seasons now, including this year. Yeah, I, mean, I he, mean, he's not – now, Now, DJ Moore, he's worth the first-round draft pick. Yeah. Uh, Brian Burns also worth first-round draft pick. But McCaffrey, I think at best, at very best, a team that is in desperate need of a running back like second the rounder. Bills, second-rounder. I, I agree. Dude, I, I have heard that the uh, Panthers are wanting a first-round pick included in a DJ Moore trade. They should. I mean, DJ Moore is. If DJ Moore played with a quarterback like a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, or even really a quarterback as good as Zach Wilson, as mediocre as he is in year two, um, he would be a top ten talent in the league, and people would look at DJ Moore like they look at Stephon Diggs, like they look at uh, Nuke Hopkins, like they look at whoever else you want to throw out there. They would look at DJ like that, but they don't look at DJ mm-hmm. like that because look at the quarterbacks he's played with. He's played with a, bang, a banged up Cam Newton. He's played with Sam Darnold. He's played with PJ Walker. He's played with Will Greer. He's played with. Um, we Baker. can go down the list. Yeah, he, he's played with Baker. He's played with Luke Allen. He has played, and these are all off the top of my head, ladies and gentlemen. Um, he's played with who else has he played with? I mean, there's there's a plethora of quarterbacks he's played with that are in a, in a word talentless. Um, yes. and, and I said a banged up Cam Newton, so don't misconstrue me there. Yeah. Cam Cam was injured for most of DJ's career with him. So yeah. Um, that's why DJ's not looked at as a top talent in the league, yeah. but DJ's just as good as any He's other so receiver. Good. All right, now it is time to get to what we love to talk about on Monday nights and Tuesday morning, afternoon episodes, college football pick em. As we shared at the beginning of the episode, I went one and four in week seven. Andy went one and three, and well, Jelly went four now. All right, that's, that's good. You know, we can't, we can't blow up Jelly's head, um, any more than that, um, you know, he's he, he barely fit into his apartment today. 
in, in his house because um, he's he's so happy that he went four and zero, and his Colts won. So yeah. no, we we love to pick on the gentleman. Honestly, Connor's been doing a phenomenal job, guys. If you if you really you're kind of teeter tottering on, on some picks, Jill's been doing a great job NFL college football wise, and I think it's going to be great to see what we got here tonight. As always, just as a reminder for our college football pick'em segment, we go with four different picks. So you go with a lock. And then you go with three other teams that you think will win on the spread. So that doesn't necessarily mean they won the football game. It can mean that, but it just has to mean that they will cover the spread. Also, just as a disclaimer, the Worlds Would Rather Be podcast and its hosts do not bet on their picks, nor do they encourage their listeners to gamble. However, if you or a friend have a problem with sports betting, please contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. All right. Andy, this is your segment. We're not going to get in your way this week because Connor and I have both copied some of your picks before. So, Andy, uh, we want you to be the real deal Holyfield original this week, and we're going to let you ride. All right. So, first off, we're going Texas A&M minus four against South Carolina. Uh, Night game at South Carolina. I don't see how just a completely better roster. Obviously, South Carolina being four and two, A&M being three and three. And then playing a little bit tougher matchups, obviously losing that game to Appalachian State. I just don't see roster-wise how they can even compete with South Carolina, how South Carolina can compete with them. So taking them with the four, I think that'll be an easy touchdown game. If Texas A&M can score, you know, two, three touchdowns, we'll see if that's even possible. I'm going to have Maryland 13 and a half over Northwestern. Northwestern is just horrible. Um, obviously, to his brother being the starting quarterback for Maryland, he's able to put up some points. He's been turning the ball over a little bit, but Northwestern's so bad. Can't stop anybody, can't score. Going to go Maryland with the two-score cover. Um, I was looking at the Duke-Miami game. I bet Miami last week, they they really, you know, they do do their pants at the end of that game. <laughs> Didn't help me with the cover. Didn't help me with the spread at all. So, I, I was – I feel good about Duke plus the nine and a half, so I'll take them. Maybe it's just a look-ahead game. They played Tech last week. Um, Georgia Tech, obviously, with their interim head coach playing very well. And then for my lock, I'm going to go over to the Yellow Jackets, the good old Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets with a minus three. That's a Thursday night game. I know we don't usually do that during the week, but I'm going to take them minus three uh, over Virginia. Virginia, same thing, can't score. Can't really hold anybody. They're the ones that came back on Miami last week. But I will take Georgia Tech minus three at home this week for the Thursday night game. Lose. All right, all right, all right. Andy, Andy's going to write those picks down. We're going to have them, as always, posted them, posting those on social media. Um, so since we got a Thursday night game included this week, we'll try to post it Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon type deal. So Andy is going with some some good picks. I will. I'm not going to spoil my picks. I'm going to let Connor go ahead of me. But I will say I'm going to fade Andy on one of his picks. That's that's mm. all I'm going to. That's all I'm going to say there. Um, but I, I got. I'm going in three different games. Other than that, all right, Jail man. What, what right. are we rolling? Well, uh, first game we're going to look at number nine UCLA at number ten Oregon. Uh, I think you got Oregon winning this one here. Um, Bo Nix uh, going to prove something to the country in the NFL. I would love to see that kid in the NFL. I think he'd be a decent QB. Um, he's just got a lot of resemblances Jill, Jill, to Justin Herbert. Jill, Jill, hey? Jill, Jill. Did you just say Bo Nix <laughs> resembles Justin Herbert? Could. 
Did you watch him play Georgia this year? Did I? I mean, have you watched a lot of QBs play Georgia? Thank you, Jill. That's so sweet of you. I like <laughs> okay. that. You know what? You just you just disagreed with me, but boosted up my team. So you know, I'm, I'm gonna give you that. I'm gonna give you that. I'm gonna give you that. Okay. 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 <laughs> let's hear. Let's hear your other three picks. All right. So uh, then we're gonna go. <clears throat> we are going to go West Virginia at Texas Tech. Um, I, I think this should be a cakewalk for Texas Tech. Uh, not gonna lie to you. Uh, always love it when Texas Tech is at home. Can't really go uh, any other direction when they are not at home. Um, then we're going to go to IU and Rutgers. Um, for those who don't know, this weekend, IU officially became the first Division I program to lose 700 games. Mm. I said it. IU became the first ever now, is this, Division is One this, program. Is this Division One FBS and FCS combined, or just FBS? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's probably both combined. Wow! But either way, that's still a lot of losses. either way. Correct. Yeah, that, that's crazy. that's still a lot of losses. So they are number one in something. So, um, you know, I think uh, coming off that ranking, <laughs> I think IU beats Rutgers this week. Probably not going to happen, but you know, give me Rutgers is a three-point favorite. Just FYI, there. I know, I know. I, I, I'll, I'll say this: I think IU just covers the spread. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. Um, but for my lock, for my lock, we are going to go to number fourteen, Syracuse, at number five, Clemson. I like that. I like that pick, Jill. I think I think Syracuse can do it, guys. I like I it. Brett. All right. Just just for the record, Jail has Oregon at minus six. Texas Tech is minus seven. Indiana, he's got him at plus three. And Syracuse at plus 13 and a half for his lock. Jail, you know what? You know what? I'm going to say this. I, I we can't say anything, Brett. We can't. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say. I say. We struggled last week. Andy and I were on the struggle bus. Jail went 4 0. I, I'm looking at these and I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna hold my comments to myself. I don't want people to make a <laughs> meme out of me. But if we're here, if we're here next, next, next Monday night, and um, yeah, all right, yeah. Shout out, shout out, Connor Jelly. All right, Andy. I, my first pick is gonna be fading you in that Texas A&M South Carolina game. As bad as Texas A&M has played this year, would you know it that South Carolina received points in the top 25 AP poll voting this week. I don't think that is a secret, and I don't think there's a reason why. I am going South Carolina at plus four there, and they're playing in Columbia. I think that that environment's a very tough environment to go play in. We all know how I feel about Spencer Adler. However, I just think that A&M's offense is just as bad, maybe worse, with Haynes King. And I think it is going to be one of those games that is going to look like a struggle bus until the fourth quarter. And then Mr. Commander <laughs> is going to go out there and, and take control in the fourth quarter with the Gamecocks. Did you know they proposed that nickname, the Cock Commander, to their, to their mascot? Didn't get approved, I think, for obvious reasons. But they are the Gamecocks. So there you go. All right, moving forward here. Um, there's a team, and shout out. Our, our friend of the podcast, he's a big soccer fan, but he's also a big college football fan. Ethan Wilborn 
He was our camera operator, did a lot of producing and stuff this summer for the rafters. And he is a really big TCU Horn Frog fan. And he said, Brett, there's one team that you haven't talked about enough, and they're underrated on the podcast. Well, Ethan, they let me down this week. I'm never talking about them again. I'm going TCU at minus three and a half. They're playing Kansas State at home. This is always a big rivalry game. But TCU, they're playing just immaculate football right now. And people aren't talking about their fine quarterback, senior Max Duggan. Duggan is a Heisman sleeper right now, ladies and gentlemen. He's gotten 15, almost 1,600 yards through the air, 16 touchdowns. You know how many picks he's thrown? Only one pick this year, okay? Only one. I mean, the young man has been playing incredible football. Jelly, I'm about to come to this computer at you right now. And he's also has 555 yards on the ground. Excuse me. He's gotten 261 yards on the ground. Let's get it together, fellas, okay? Hey, you did it, Andy, not me. You, I didn't do nothing. Get it going. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna start doing it by myself. Okay. You know what? You won't. <laughs> you guys bully me too much. No, I was <laughs> bullying Andy. <laughs> All right. Let's pull it we back. We don't together. condone bullying. All right. We do not condone. Jelly do not does. Bully. That's no. what Colts fans do. They bully Falcon fans. So bully New England Patriots fans. <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm I'm also going I want to go in a different direction. I can't I got two games that I'm wanting to roll with here, but I can't figure out which one's my luck. You know what? I, I got it now. Wake Forest playing host to Boston College, 21 point favorites. I'm riding Sam Hartman in his golden right arm. Big fan to them. Um so 21 point favorites. Wake Forest there. It's gonna be a 330 game on ACC Network. The 330 game on ABC. My luck of the week. Mr. Quinn Ewers in Texas, six-point favorites, rolling in to Bedlam. I'm rolling with the Longhorns to get the win and to get it by more than a touchdown over Oklahoma State. Texas kind of folded on me a little bit last week because they were my locks over Iowa State. They only won by three points. But I got a good feeling, guys. I, 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 got, a, I, got, a, I got a really good feeling. Um, so, so we're going to see. We're, we're going to see. I, I know – Texas has had some, I don't want to say QB controversy, but they really have between Hudson Card and, and Quinn Ewers. Quinn came back last week against Iowa State. Quinn, 17 to 26, 172 yards and three touchdowns. I just really feel like Texas can put it on Oklahoma State. I, I just, and I, I feel it because I'm feeling like this is when Oklahoma State really starts to kind of mess up in the year. Um, so that's what I'm going with. Just a reminder, Andy's going Texas A&M as a four-point favorite over South Carolina. He's got Duke at plus nine and a half, Maryland at minus 13 and a half, and his lock of the week is Georgia Tech at minus three. Jell's going with Oregon at minus six, Texas Tech at minus seven. He's rolling with his Hoosiers in the Hoosier State, Indiana at plus three, and then his lock of the week is going to be Syracuse against Clemson at plus 13 and a half. For me, I'm going to fade Andy. I got South Carolina at plus four. TCU is a three and a half point favorite. Wake Forest is a 21 point favorite. And then my lock of the week is going to be Texas over Oklahoma State at minus six. Mr. Andy Klein, the man that brings us podcast listeners. Thank you so much for coming on for yet another week here in episode number 17. We've had some hot takes. I just would like to point out that our beloved Atlanta Braves got beat. But you know who's still alive? The San Diego Padres. A team that Andy Klein said weeks ago we're going to win the National League, and they're only four wins away from it. 
And if the Phillies don't score, and I said the same thing with the Braves series. I said I thought the Braves were going to win, but if the Phillies go out there and put up nine, seven, six, eight runs like they did, that the, there's just no one – there's no offense in baseball that can keep up with them like that. And we didn't – we knew if it got into those games, the Braves didn't stand a chance, and it happened. So now it's all on the Padres, and we're going all the way to the ship. Joe Musgrove has been like 2001 Randy Johnson right now. He's been I mean, He has been – He's been lights out on the bump. Jail also was riding that Andy coattail, and Jail said the same thing about the Padres, so they both were wrong. Um, you notice we didn't talk about the Braves. There's reasoning behind that. I'm a little hurt, but I'll say I got to give props to the Phillies. They just played better than the Braves, especially those last two games in three and four. Uh, they just played better than them, and, and you know, you got to keep it moving. Braves have a young core, and they need to re-sign Dansby Swanson. So – um, with that being said, Andy, we're going to come to you first. Um, hot take or your final thoughts first and then your, your hot take. Yeah, I didn't really prepare a hot take. Not going to lie, I'm on duty again tonight, so the brain's a little fried. <laughs> Mr. R.A. Andy Klein. But for my final thought, obviously, I think uh, maybe – I know we didn't get to talk a lot of college football. We did our pickums. Maybe we'll have to make another surprise. Uh, maybe we'll have to make another appearance on the podcast maybe tomorrow or Wednesday. And try to get the oh, uh, college football. Oh, thoughts. oh! So if the viewers want it. Look we'll out ride. now. We'll oh, ride. what about what about coaching, man? We not we got no baseball this week. We got practice Thursday, Sunday only tournament this weekend. We can make it work. We can make it work. Oh, Andy Klein's gonna be on more than once this week. That's the hot take that he surprised us with. We didn't even know that. All right, yeah. Jill. You're full of your Indiana blue up there, which, fun fact, is the mascot name of the Colts. Blue. It is. It is. Mascot of the year two years in a row. I think she, yes. Thank you. So, not only do we have, like, the best linebacker in the league, best running back in the league, but we also have the best mascot in the league. So, it's, you know. <clears throat> um, anyway, hey, uh, Matty Ice and the Colts, uh, I think they're starting to find a, a new, new level in their offense. Uh, I think it carries them forward. Like I said, last week I mentioned for one of my hot takes, the uh, Colts rally off next three wins in a row, I believe, I said, and they are on pace to do so. I think they uh, get another win against Tennessee this week and uh, then bounce right back to another W the week after that. Um, hot take, though. Hot take. Um, Eagles are Super Bowl contenders, people. The Eagles are Super Bowl contenders, and I'm going to tell you why. Not only are they the most complete football team in the NFL right now, Okay, they they have everything they do. Brett, you're looking wide eyed. You're looking very, very buggish right now. All right. Let me explain to you. They have everything on the offensive side. They have a running back in Miles Sanders, uh, especially Kenneth Gainwell. Um, then you also got Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown on the outside for your receivers. Uh, you got Jalen Hurts, who has tremendously improved, which I think could honestly end up propelling him to most improved player if he keeps this up. They don't have um, that in the NFL, but I think they should. Looks, I think that'd be a great. I think looks. it'd be great because uh, he's doing everything with his legs, his cannon of an arm that he's uh, gotten more accurate. That's for sure. Defensively, Darius Slay really helping the QBs or cornerbacks lock down every offense uh, that they go against, especially that front four for that defense is unreal. Fletcher Cox still at his age getting triple teamed because of how good he is. Uh, so, I mean, it's just one of those teams that no one expected to be this good, but they are this good, and we have to respect it. So, Through six games, might I point out. Final thoughts for me. 
the Colts, I'm with you. They're going to ride it out. Matty Ice is going to continue to play great football. As one person said on Twitter, that's what happens when Matt Ryan has a clean pocket for four quarters. 42 completions is a new franchise record for Matty Ice. That's what happens when Matt Ryan has a clean record. For all those Falcons fans out there saying, I'm glad we got rid of Matt Ryan. Well, you better not be so happy. Yeah. Um, Marcus played great on Sunday, but Marcus is looking really good right now. Defense putting the Falcons in great position. College football-wise, happy to have Andy. We'll talk more about that. Um, The dogs finally – Looked like the number one team on Saturday <laughs> <laughs> against Vanderbilt um, when they won fifty-five to nothing. <laughs> um, Come on now, what I mean? What are we laughing about? I mean, Stetson, number one in the land, folks. Stetson looked like a Heisman Trophy contender again. Like I said, I don't think he was Heisman Trophy contender before. But my hot take: we're going to keep it in college football. Is that Tennessee will make the college football playoffs without appearing in the SEC championship game. That is my hot take that I'm going to be rolling with. Um, Tennessee obviously beat Alabama this past Saturday, 52-49. to And you're saying, Brett, well, why are you saying they won't appear in the SEC championship game? I think Georgia's going to go – I think it's going to be the same exact thing that happened last year, just that flip side, Georgia's going to lose – Georgia's going to drop a game in the regular season. I think it's inevitable. I don't think that – they're going to drop that to Tennessee, though. I think they'll beat the Volunteers, and I think the Volunteers, the Dogs, and the Crimson Tide all finish the regular season at 11-1. and So, therefore, that means that Alabama and Georgia would again be pinned off in the SEC championship game. I don't think it matters who wins. I think we will see a two-loss team in the college football playoffs this year, as I think Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia will make the college football playoffs. I think there in return, that would also be the first time we've seen three teams from the same conference make the college football playoff. And another hot take for you on the hot, hot end of that, that this is the third one. Uh, Tennessee is going to make it without the SEC championship game. We're going to see three teams from the SEC in the playoffs. And the third hot take, Hendon Hooker is going to win the Heisman. Hendon Hooker has been hands down, I think, the best quarterback in college football. And he's going to continue to play well, but – he is not going to play well against the Dogs when they have to play them, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And I think the Dogs win. But, again, I think all three of those teams finished the regular season 11-1. I don't know who George is going to lose to. I got a feeling it's Mississippi State, but I'm not going to say that. But I do think that all three of those teams make the college football playoff. And you got history this year, right? You're going to have a Tennessee team make it despite not even playing in a conference championship game. You're going to have three teams from the same conference, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee all making the playoffs. That would be the first time that would happen. And then it would also be the first time that you would see a two-loss team in the playoffs, whether that be Georgia or Alabama, I think, whoever would lose the SEC championship game. So that is my final thoughts there. And, again, for all you people who love – Love ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12 football, and you say, why should three SEC teams make it? Watch SEC football, simply put. It just, just, oh, we're going to talk about it this week. I'm definitely coming on now. Yeah. I'm fired up. Let, let, we're just, just, about it. just watch SEC football, guys. We're we're going to get more into this discussion getting later on to the week. It's good stuff. The, the Big Ten is terrible this year, okay? It yeah. is. Hey, you know what's crazy is that now – now that you know the stat about IU, you can look at them and think every time they lose another football game, they are adding to their own record of most losses by a single football program in the history of college football. It's not even that. It's just – I mean, it is that. But it's the fact that <laughs> – 
Michigan has played <laughs> on big noon Saturday for exponentially amount of weeks, and people act like Michigan because they made the playoffs last year or some great football team. Look at who's playing on the other side of the ball. I'm people want to they talk about anybody yet. They don't even know who their quarterback is. They change their quarterback more than I change rolls of toilet paper in my bathroom, okay? And then on the opposite side of that, oh. Ohio <laughs> State. Ohio State wants to sit here and act like they're the end-all, be-all. Yeah, they're playing great football. But look who they're playing. Look who they're playing. Jeez. Great confidence Jeez, boosters, though, huh? And then Clemson. <laughs> Clemson, God bless them. They save go it down for there. this week, Brett. Let's save it for this week. We I just want to say it. this. They go down there and they play Florida State a team in which they should beat the tar out of, and they beat them by, what, six points? And people's like, oh, Clemson's a playoff contender. Give me a break. We're going to talk about all that and more the rest of the week. But um, I'm sorry, guys. That really gets me fired up. That, that, <laughs> that, that you talk about tickle your, your funny bone, that tickles my funny bone. So Ari Andy's got to go bust some people in the village. So we're going to go ahead <laughs> and jump off of here. Actually, Ari Andy actually has to get back to working on a banner. Because Andy's huge on the arts and crafts side of things now. If you see his banner, take a picture of it. Yep. Send it to Vote for me tomorrow, guys. Vote tag, for me tomorrow. Tag the podcast, please. Yeah, tag please the podcast. podcast. Take a picture of it, tag the and podcast. Then, and then we can say that our, our Andy Klein, we're so proud of him. He makes graphics <laughs> for the podcast. But more importantly, he makes banners for Piedmont University res, res Life. How about that? Thanks, Thanks. What a guy. What a <laughs> and, guy. and he's going to be a Hall of Fame manager one day. You know what? He is. He, he is. is. You know, we we have Bobby Cox in our presence. That's what we have. A young Bobby Cox. Hopefully, hopefully he can win more than one championship. I don't, I don't want to say. I don't. Hopefully, you don't lose seven hundred games like IU football. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. I appreciate. You know that. what, guys? I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as we have tonight. It's been one of the most fun times that I think we've had all year, and it's not going to stop. Andy's going to come back on with us. Andy, can you can we say episode eighteen for sure tomorrow night? Let's do it. Let's run Let's it. Let's do it. Let's run it All back. Right. Back to back with Andy, episode <laughs> 17 and 18. He'll be here tomorrow. So don't miss it. <laughs> On the warehouse, would you rather be podcast? Jail, hit, hit him. Take, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Peace and love, everybody. And Andy, where else would you rather be? Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs>